steal at center as Eichel lifted a stick. The free puck to Petrangelo in his own zone. Stretch pass. Eichel is in with a cutter. Third man Martinez scores! Alec Martinez, 3-1 Golden Knights. Nobody is ever satisfied with one, so we're back for a second hour of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Bennett looking cross-eye, Stone intercepts. This time he sends it down. It'll waffle and go into the goal. It's a hat-trick. Mark Stone, the captain, makes it 8-3 Golden Knights with six minutes to go in the third period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com, here is Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Connor Bedard, Andre Vasilevsky, and the Minnesota Wild signing a couple of players to contracts. Uh, all part of the one-timer segment on their way in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We are here in Section 104, T-Mobile Arena, getting set for preseason game four for the Golden Knights against the Arizona Coyotes. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman back at the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. And this is uh, a, a time where... Vegas says from the first period against San Jose, Mm -hmm. got better in that game. Mm -hmm. We're closer against Colorado, lost 3-2. The other night, broke through the two-goal barrier, but fell in overtime to the Los Angeles Kings. You can look at it and see getting better, small steps every game. Yeah, for sure. But they haven't won yet. They're the Stanley Cup champions. And they're going against a team without a strong, heavy NHL influence tonight. I get the impression, in being around the organization, the practices and the, and the news conferences and media availability, that Bruce is expecting the team to turn a corner tonight and, and put that win on the board. And let's start dialing up the swagger factor. Yeah, to I think the I think the word swagger is probably the the more important word to, to to get into here because the result is is important in that you want to get a win. I think the result is important in that you just want to get beyond where you've been so far in the preseason. Understanding that you know evaluations ending this week, you're you're looking at turning the corner going into next week, and I think the best way to do that is with a win. But I also think the best way to do that is with you know, getting that sense of, of we're the Stanley Cup champions. We're going to go out there. We're going to impose our will. You've got a lot of guys that are coming into this for the second, third opportunity that they're going to be able to play outside of William Carlson. And I'm never really worried about William Carlson because he's he's just that good of a player. So with, with all that being said, I think tonight you're going to see a little bit more intensity and, and, and intensity in the right moments for the Golden Knights. Well, he's playing his first game of the preseason tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have three more after this. How many games would a veteran really want to play? Three? I, three at most like, want yeah, to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He may play sure. five, yeah. but three at most. And if he's getting through something, he plays tonight, mm-hmm. maybe plays next Thursday and Saturday yeah. or Tuesday and, and Saturday. What are the, like he, he's got, even though he's the last one to make his debut of all the players that uh, won the night uh, that the Vegas Golden Knights claim the Stanley Cup on June 13th. Yeah. He still has more runway left. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is going to be shaking the rust off for William Carlson, but, you know, you're going to have uh, another look from Jack Eichel. So I'm expecting there there to be, you know, a, another level to his game. I, for, 
for a veteran player, I think I think you're right around that two to three games, right? Like I think three is ideal, and, and you want to try to space them out so that you know you build, you build, and then you're just ready to go come mm. uh, come opening night. So I think that's kind of the trajectory for most of the Golden Knights here. Three is what a player would want to play. Yeah. Four is ideally what a coach would want, like no less than four. Yeah. And the organization, because of circumstances, may lean towards, well, you, ha- you got to play five just because that's what we have with numbers and we're putting the lineup together and we need a certain number of guys with NHL experience, et cetera. So th- no more than five. No less than three is is acceptable, and four would be absolutely perfect uh, in, in uh, all schemes of uh, where you need to be with preparing yourself. Uh, Eichel goes with Brendan Brisson tonight and Ivan Barbashev. Yeah. So Barbashev plays the left side. Brisson, who was there the other night against the LA Kings, flips over and takes Jonathan Marcheseau's spot uh, on that line with Eichel. And he'll play the right wing. And won't that be interesting to see if there's a similar level of performance out of the second-year pro in Brisson and some chemistry, which will show a little versatility in play. Some guys can't play yeah. uh, on their off wing. But if, but if Brisson shows he can play both sides yeah. as effectively, that that's big. And this this will be his, his offside because he likes that one-timer on the right side. Uh, tonight we'll, we'll get a little bit of a glimpse of the uh, overall game that Brisson can offer. Yeah, I, you know, obviously it's trying to be as consistent as possible, but you mentioned the word versatility, and you know, I'll, I'll use another player that we've talked about, Pavel Dorofiev, who, who can play and, and has shown Not. that he's comfortable on both sides. That gives him... I would say an advantage in certain spots because if you need a, a fill-in right or left, doesn't matter. He can do that job. So for Brendan Brisson to just continue to build the case for for pushing to make this team or make this team down the stretch, the more versatile a player you can be, the more options you have. Talked in hour number one about how the competition to play on Carlson's uh, left side really does start tonight because you can show all you want mm-hmm. until you go out there with the guy that's going to be centering the line yeah. and show Bruce Cassidy and Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee that there is chemistry with the, with the pivot. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing really carries the the mail like that display. So the competition, the race, has four games left yeah. with two guys, maybe three, outside shot at uh, Brisson, who's not... Not going to play with Eichel, but he's sort of in that mix of if he shows really well, he might be able to to be in the mix. But Dorofiev gets the first opportunity to lay down the gauntlet. Yeah, and I'm really interested to to, to see Pavel alongside William Carlson. I think Dorofiev has been pretty good over the course of, of this training camp. Again, you know what he brings to the table based on what he was able to do last year, but it's also about consistency, and it's it's about trying to find that chemistry with William Carlson. So Pavel gets that, that first crack at it. He's been mentioned quite a bit over the course of camp by Bruce Cassidy. And I think if, if I'm Dorofiev, I, I approach this as I'm getting the first crack at it. I don't want to relinquish it to anybody else. Mm-hmm. I want to be so good that I answer the question. Same and thing that Cotter said the game in Colorado where he said it's, it's my job. I don't want to uh, give anybody the thought of let's give somebody a try here yeah. and see how they measure up. It's it's his. He wants to be able to lock that thing down and do what other players can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, he'll watch tonight in what is a, a close battle uh, from the outside 
yeah. uh, for this open spot up front. Yeah, that's exactly right. If I'm Pavel Dorofiev, that's that's the mindset that I have. I want to go into this spot, and I don't want to come out of it. So Cotter will get in next week. Mm-hmm. He played the first two games, which was part of nine straight going back to last year. Now he hasn't played the, the last couple. And when he gets back in, the fascinating thing to watch about it will be does he get a shot with mm-hmm. William Carlson to give himself that uh, open audition? Or do they say, we've seen him before. Mm-hmm. We know what uh, what he can do. He's, he's played with virtually every uh, center on, on, on the team. Uh, we're aware of that. Does he get that uh, very uh, tailor-made opportunity to skate with William Carlson? Because Carlson's not going to skate the final three after right. tonight. Right. Like that, that, that's not going to happen. He, he may only play one more game uh, the rest of the way, yeah. uh, depending on, on, on what's happening in health and everything else and what they want to look at. Uh, so that that will be uh, something to keep an eye on, an eye on, and whether or not they go with Dorofiev again to say, is is this really what we're looking at? And it, the the stretch that Dorofiev played late last year mm-hmm. was with yep. William Carlson and Riley Smith uh, on that ice, and he showed – it fell off a little bit, mm-hmm. and there's a reason why uh, with injury and different uh, things he, he got banged up. But it it didn't last all the way through the end of the season and then uh, the playoffs. So uh, he he's – this will be cool to see whether he can resurrect that same type of chemistry. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of what you're, you're looking to see tonight. Uh, and obviously you have to, I think to a degree, maybe temper the expectations because you do have – William Carlson in his first game action in preseason. So he's going to be shaking off the rust. I, I don't expect him to be at, at full flight, but then again, the guy's got a, an absolute motor, so so maybe he will be. But, you know, for, for Pavel, it's all about trying to get as, as comfortable and, and show as much chemistry uh, like what you had early on when you when you got called up last year. And the idea for, for Paul Cotter, like, he didn't play a ton with William Carlson last year. So if I'm Cotter, I'm hoping that there is an opportunity that presents itself in the preseason to play alongside William Carlson because I think that you've got to prove and show that you can be that guy in that spot with those line mates. You had mentioned something it struck me. Hmm. It is William Carlson's first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've mentioned, uh, talked about that a couple of times, but the rust factor. If you're... Paul Cotter, mm-hmm. are you happy you're not playing in Carlson's first game since the Stanley Cup? And if you do get a chance for him to play, it'll be uh, the opportunity where he's had uh, a rep mm-hmm. in it? Or are you mad that you're not on the ice tonight, even though it is Carlson's first game, and there will be some just getting back into the flow with it? Knowing Paul Cotter? He wants to play wants in that to play spot tonight. tonight. Yeah, hundred percent. But now, it might be beneficial. It, you know, you, the 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 best things that happen are the things that you uh, don't want. Yeah, like it, it it could end up helping him in the long run. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that that's absolutely a way that you can look at it because I would expect every player is going to be better their second time around. You you you. you that first game is always really tough to judge, and then you start to get that feel. You start to feel a little bit better out on the ice, and then you're making familiar plays. So it could be a situation that does benefit Paul Cotter if he gets that shot, but it, it can also be a situation where if Pavel Dorfiev has chemistry with William Carlson right now, 
you want to see if you can get that again. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't get that chance. I, I think that's probably the part where if you're looking at it from Paul's perspective, it doesn't matter if he's rusty or not. I want to be on the ice with him. And competition, this is not an NHL heavy lineup by Arizona. That may be the flip side. You, may, you might be able to take advantage of that, uh, whether it's William Carlson's first game or not, yeah. against a level of competition that won't be what you're probably going to face in the second week of preseason. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many different ways to look at it, but you know, I, I think it all boils down to if, if you were asking Paul Cotter right now, do you want to be in this game? Do you want that spot? Or are there benefits? I think I think he would say the, the benefit is me being in the game. That's where I can make the difference. I'm listening to the song. Yep. Rehearsal for the national anthem. It didn't sound like that when you had to sing it. Okay, so that was a rehearsal right there that, w- that we just listened to. Yeah. And we don't usually get the rehearsal here. No, like no. Carnell doesn't come in and, and do that before the game. So uh, that was a little unusual. I don't. I hate talking over the anthem. Yeah. I don't care when it is. Like I, I will usually pause. But we're a talk show. Uh, we're going live, and uh, we, we were forced to, uh, to, to go through that. But I, I still felt uncomfortable. Yeah. So in the end, that's why I made fun of you, that yep. you were talking over yep. <laughs> yep. the, the song. You think she's going to go again? Yeah, looks like it. You always do two rehearsals. That's true. Always. Yep. Because you... Oh. Nope. Are they walking off? Okay. Nope. Uh, then we're... Uh, I, I was... I wanted to be able to manage that a little bit, just in case. Bruce Cassidy uh, spoke today leading up to this game against the Arizona Cowboys. He actually started. You won't hear it, but uh, walked in with... The book, It Hurts to Win, uh, the look back uh, on the 2023 Stanley Cup championship and uh, talked about uh, the great uh, cover and the, and with the information that are in it and Gordon and Gary mm-hmm. uh, also brought up that, uh, that the title came from uh, the, the radio, well, not just the radio show, but uh, the fact that we talked about his great quote uh, during the, the, that run uh, of, of, uh, of success uh, that they had when he was in Edmonton last year during the late in the regular season. And mm-hmm. he said, it hurts to win, it hurts to win and we we said that's a great phrase so uh he tied it all in together and then got into the the hockey talk Uh, here is bruce cassidy positions necessarily in the power play to be a one-timer guy we know brisson can do that as a young guy so he's in there a little more we know he has that nhl shot i think pav has a good shot it's heavy it's it's the release is good uh he scored a few goals in minnesota he scored he scored in edmonton off the power play on a rush last year so he can beat goalies with his quickness but it, it, it's not one of those ones that you naturally gravitate your eye to. I think he's just got a sneaky good release. Um, so I would see a guy that scores a lot from the slot and that front. I'd see his, his game similar to offensively in terms of goals to a Barbashev, who has a good release, a good wrister, but he's not that one-timer guy cranking it off the wing. And um, So I could see some of that in his game going forward. I'd like that in his game, a net presence guy. Those guys are so valuable. You know, from game one through 100 and some, that can score in the dirty areas. Well, they got to play to their strengths. Uh, Corsi's going to go in with Hag. Um, Corsi's game could could be very similar to Whitey's. I mean, they, he could use him as a, a a a model of how to play. Good puck mover, defend well. Um, 
be physical when you need to, but doesn't have to be your calling card like Nick and the Nabber, a little more of those guys. Um, so that's the ask of, of, of course. You bring offense when it's there, don't force it. Um, and then find a way to contribute on a special team, whether that ends up being a power play. Uh, but we have Theo and, and Petro, right, as guys that we're going to use in 1A and 1B in the top. So, you know, build your penalty killing game. Um, be trustworthy. Those two were so trustworthy last year to defend against anybody. So can Corsi bring some of that? Pahal would be the similar ask, but a different style of play um, than Whitey. He's more stay at home, a little more assertive physically, got a little bit of nasty in his game when he's on. Um, you know, maybe a smaller version of Naber. Be clean with the puck, add some offense, but be that kind of complementary defensive pair. Um, so he, they both obviously have, have good good attributes, and they both played well for us. So one of them's going to get an opportunity to, to to grab some of Whitey's minutes as long as he's out. And then you got Ben Hutton, so he's another. So we may move over to the right side. So I don't want to I don't want this to be well. Ben Hutton, he has the biggest resume right now. It's can these younger guys pull ahead because they're right sticks and would slot in, but we'll, we'll, we'll play the best player. Do you still envision seeing any more splits as far as goaltending the games? No, no, they're going to go full games. Logan's tonight. Uh, and then next week, we'll, we'll get through that next week. But I, I, I see f full games for the goaltenders now. They're maybe, um, maybe Tuesday. That'll be Berkey's call. He's going to reevaluate now. We'll have been through the first week. Do we need a split? Do we need some of the younger guys? But I know the last two games will be Hill and Thompson in some sort of order, full games. And then the Tuesday game is one that's probably a little more flexible. Is there any update on Zach uh, he won't. Uh, he won't play uh, this week or next week. Um, after that, we'll, we'll have an update. Bruce Cassidy uh, letting us know that uh, Zach Whitecloud's uh, injury will prevent him from suiting up for the remainder of the preseason, which is not ideal, but that's why like the, the seven. Mm -hmm. It's the starting six, but they do have the seven with, with Ben Hutton. is such a luxury, and the deepest part of this organization mm -hmm. is on the blue line. Yeah, absolutely. Caden Korzak. It's funny how guys go through little stretches where they're not front and center of, of the conversation, but Caden Korzak does everything really good. Mm -hmm. is, is, doesn't have a standout skill, mm -hmm. but does everything really good. I, I would argue that, that that's what will allow him to stand out eventually, right? Like mm -hmm. over time, it, you will look at Caden Korzak as a defenseman that is in the right place at the right time, makes the right read, makes the right play, and you don't notice him because he's doing the right things. Mm-hmm. In in a, in a we'll go through the defenseman. Uh, like first thing that, that that comes to mind with Braden McNabb is physical physicality, yep. body. Uh, Shea Theodore skating, skating. Yep. Uh, Alex Petrangelo, everything. Literally, he does everything incredibly well. I, I just think he, he's a minute muncher. Yeah, like just does the same thing, but uh, minute muncher. Uh, you've got uh, Alec Martinez, shot blocker. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, Zach uh, White Cloud's partner, Nick Hag, shot. <laughs> it's the shot. Like, he's, and now he's a big body, but he's developing other stuff. But yeah. what we've talked about forever. It's the shot. It yep. is a shot. And then you go to Zach White Cloud, reliability. Yeah. Because he's good at everything. Yep. And the 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 shot that uh, he scored on in, in the Stanley Cup final last year, mm -hmm. going short side, like he's he's sneaky good. Yeah. 
at, at being able to, to generate a little bit of offense. And uh, that's, uh, that is one of those things. So Caden Korzak falls under that. He's got a great skill. When you, you play video games hmm. and you look at the, the, the rankings of offense and sure. defense and yeah. skating and the, like he's he's sort of almost flat line the same level in in everything mm-hmm. and he's got a high rating yeah and and again it, you you play to that and I think the the idea from Bruce Cassidy to use Zach Whitecloud as kind of a blueprint is uh, you know a really good trajectory because you 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 can carve out a really important spot on a team if you are that versatile and that reliable and you're able to play in every situation and you can be relied upon to, to, to play well in those situations because that's what your skill set uh, says you, you can do. Well-rounded. It, that, that's what I would say Zach Whitecloud is and you know, that's what Caden Korzak could be in this, in this league. And what I really like about it is the compliment that it pays to Nick Hague mm-hmm. where they're putting Korzak not with one of the other younger guys but they're putting him with Nick Hag, which is Nick Hag sort of bringing along uh, a prospect. Yeah, which you know you start to think about coming full circle, right? Yeah. Because you know Nick Hag was was around from from that first draft, and and you start to think about the impact that he's had on this organization, how much he's come into his own as a player over the course of last season, specifically in that series against the Edmonton Oilers. You have. A sarcastic, mean at times, Nick Hague, and and it has allowed his game to blossom to the point where he's going to be a guy that that's tasked with bringing some of the younger guys along. If Vegas runs into any type of need for a defenseman this winter in a recall mm-hmm. situation, I won't know mm-hmm. who the first person to be called up will be, yeah. based on uh, just the hierarchy. There is it. It will depend largely on who's hurt mm-hmm. and filling that s- skill specialty yeah. a- as much as you can. If it is White Cloud, it might be Korzak mm-hmm. uh, or a a Pahal kind of thing, or if it's McNabb, a Pahal, uh, yeah. uh, a Hacks in, in that mix. Uh, is, does Cormier put himself uh, in in that uh, that area? They they have a mere man off when he's healthy. Yeah, like there's uh, there's a guy that uh, would be right up there. With with his uh, abilities and on special teams and, and the power play in particular, there's there's a lot uh, of different places that Bruce and John Stevens will be able to go when they're trying to plug a hole. And, and that's where you you know you said it's the strength of the organization, and it really is because you you not only have a stable of players that you believe can can get the job done for you, but you have a bunch of versatile skill sets that you can use to fill as well. So you can you can bring in like-for-like like players, and you're not going to get everything that you would get out of a McNabb or a Theodore or, or certainly a Petrangelo, but you can get close enough to where you can, you can win hockey games. And I, I think that that's really a testament to, to the development that has happened within this organization, especially on the back end. I know you were watching the television feed of the game in Colorado. Mm-hmm. The other night, Logan Thompson played. He did. Did he look bigger to you at all? Mm. Uh, I, with, I, with with the gear, like, did he notice anything? Uh, not really. Um, He'll have the gold set on tonight. Yeah, he didn't look bigger to me, um, and and it wasn't. It might not be that I was. It's hard sometimes mm. when you've got you you know the yeah. TV in the studio. It's yeah, you're not dealing with a. Uh, 
60 incher where you're able to feel like you're right in the yeah, in the ring. Exactly. Uh, that kind of thing. And you're looking up. Yeah. And you're talking to Bobby. Yeah. And you you got a lot going on. Yeah. Uh Thompson will go tonight again in a, uh, a home game, so the gold jerseys and the gold set. Yeah. Uh, so uh throw out uh, all that uh, I talked about the other night and just focus on <laughs> his game because it uh just the 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 pad setup, the the kit will be uh a little bit uh well it'll be totally different from that game against Colorado. He talked about how he was just getting comfortable in the game against the Avalanche first period for sure and the speed and maybe uh, uh, a couple of goals that he would have played differently Darren Elliott said uh, the the pass out uh, he didn't get a good push off the goal line well that you never deal with that in in in, in practice that type of speed where uh, you have to be locked in and uh, dealing with traffic uh, and uh, a puck goes uh, through him because he's trying to protect himself and why wouldn't you do that yeah. right uh, as opposed to uh, being all in during a, a regular season game uh, he's got that out of his way. Now tonight, he'll uh, be aiming for get through the game mm-hmm. again, yep. second go around, feel more comfortable, uh, and and get a little bit of uh, uh, just uh, game feel to to the contest, and then go three periods, which is big, which hasn't happened since before the All Star game. Yeah, in terms of Logan Thompson, it's it's the sixty minutes, right? Like that's what we're looking for. We're looking for. Start and end, you're able to go out there and you're 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 able to start and, and complete a game. And that's not to say that that he can't do it. It's just it's been so long since yeah. he has. I think that's something he wants to check the box of too. I wasn't uh, expecting any type of uh, performance in Colorado in his first mm-hmm. start. Yeah. It was really simply about going out with the gear on in a structured environment uh, in in a game mm-hmm. and. Playing with uh, live action, yeah, where uh, you weren't just facing drills or in in a scrimmage uh, players that you you know, so that was just getting back into it tonight. On top of the going sixty minutes, I'll be I'll be evaluating his play more than the Colorado game mm-hmm. in his movements and uh, how he's. Uh, Save selection is is coming along. There'll be a, a lot more breaking it down uh, in in his performance tonight than the Colorado game. Yeah, because I, it's it's game number two. Yeah, and and I think that that's you know probably the right way to look at it. For me, I want to cross the the sixty minutes off first, like that in terms of importance for me, especially with with you know your your understanding of goaltending versus my understanding of goaltending. My main concern is Logan for 60 minutes. Beyond that, then you can start to get into, um, you know, for his last start, I would imagine that that's what I'm looking for his game. That puts just too much pressure on the last start. I want to see more body of work with his his game at a a place where he's expected to be stopping every shot. Yeah. And I'm I'm there now. I want him to be stopping every shot. Yeah, I I think think just – the way that I'm looking at it. And the competition, I, too, right? I, like, yeah. That's the way it goes. I'd, I'd like him to to look good in this game, but more than anything, I want him going 60 minutes and, and looking like he's, he's okay and comfortable with that. 
Uh, they'll each get one more start yeah. a- after tonight. Uh, Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson will go. Will they divide? Uh, one of them will go next Thursday. The other one will play the preseason uh, wrap-up game against the Los Angeles Kings next Saturday afternoon. One-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. Connor Bedard, a big part of that. The first overall pick made his preseason debut last night. We'll address that, plus a couple of signings from Minnesota. And you will also deal with a development on the Tampa Bay Lightning side with Andre Vasilevsky. Just a follow-up from that from yesterday. That's the Fiji Games Edition on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Continues next. Carlson left corner. Centered one-timer score! It's time for one-timers. one-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. We had a preseason debut of significance last night as Connor Bedard skated for the Chicago Blackhawks in an overtime victory over the St. Louis Blues. Mm-hmm. Two to one was the score, and Connor Bedard scored a pair of points on a couple of assists. Andreas Athanasiu was awesome, and Athanasiu can rocket up the ice. Yeah, he can. Uh, if he was flying, the pass from Bedard was fantastic. He had. Did you see how far he led him? And Athanasiu at the far blue line, at yeah. his own blue line, yeah. was behind the player yeah. by the. Even uh, the offensive blue line, he was just nudging ahead. And yeah. by the time he got the puck, he was 10 feet clear. The unbelievable speed from Andreas Athanasiu. Uh, great hockey smarts from Connor Bedard. Uh, there were a couple of plays that he made in that game. Uh, one where he's, he's able to kind of dangle in. Um, doesn't score on the play, but y- you could see just how special this kid is. I, As far as debuts go, it was incredibly impressive. And... Uh, if by all accounts, Bedard thinks he can be much better than he was in that game, and he, he accounted for uh, setting up every single goal that the Blackhawks scored. I was able to watch the the game, and it was funny how you just look for moments where a guy is a National Hockey Leaguer, like uh-huh. where you, you look at it and go, okay, he's he's there, yeah. he's ready. It had nothing to do with on the ice. The skill set was amazing. It had nothing to do with uh, uh, looking at the bench and him not uh, staring around and, and being an, an 18-year-old uh, wide-eyed. When he left the ice after the game, after he sets up the winner, mm-hmm. and he's walking along the bench to get to the tunnel to the dressing room, the, the PR uh, person grabs him and says, star and gives him the number uh, second star mm-hmm. and he just nodded kept on going I'm like <laughs> okay he, he, he's been down this path uh, before and he was fully expecting that but there was no what yeah. what are you asking me what are you doing it's just the the PR person grabs him start to and uh, away he goes oh he's he, he's there yeah he's he's unbelievable I cannot wait to see him in person, I cannot wait to see him live. And, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what this campaign looks like for Connor Bedard. You mentioned he's 18 years old. I don't think he is. Like, I, he's got to be, as far as his, like, soul goes, he's got to be, like, 35 years old. Been through it. Grizzled veteran. Uh, he knows what's on the table for him, and, and I can't wait to see him take it. Brian Donato looked good, too. Yeah. Like, there, if yeah. you're in your fantasy league and you're, <laughs> you're looking at picking up a late-round pick and yeah. all the stars are gone, Donato's going to get some looks yeah. on, on that line. So is Taylor Hall. But, uh, but boy, oh, boy, that, uh, 
that just proved it right there. What a difference uh, playing on a line like that. Andre Vasilevsky, uh, the news broke yesterday that the world's best goaltender, Tampa Bay Lightning, multiple Stanley Cup champions, went to three straight uh, finals. Uh, he's going to be out for eight to ten weeks after back surgery. Yep. And we threw out some names that the Tampa Bay Lightning could look at, knowing that they don't have a lot to lean on within the system. Yep. How surprised are you that uh, Julian Brisebois came out and said, we are going to go with what we have right now. We're not looking outside the organization. Oh, boy. That's a problem. Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, like, incredibly surprised. Jonas uh, Johansson yeah. has played a majority of the games, but they, I think all total their goalies have 35 NHL games. What? Matt Tompkins uh, and uh, Hugh Ansfeld. Uh, Tompkins is just back from Europe. He played in Europe uh, last year. But they're going, Johansson is 11, 13, and 4 for his career. Yep. And he is now the guy. I'm, I was, it might be Julian just trying to calm the waters and he's working a ton of stuff outside. But at this point, they're planning on going with Johansson as the starter and uh, Tompkins as the backup. It'll, it'll probably be fluid. Yeah, listen, I, I'm hopeful. For Tampa Bay Lightning fans' sake, that this is posturing of some kind, right? Like that you're working the the phones, or you're trying to figure out something that's that's going to be uh, a long-term fix to a, a very real problem that you're going to have to start the season. So um, that's how I'm going to choose to look at it. But if you're really going in and you believe that that that's the tandem that can get it done, it might work for a little while, but I don't think it's going to work for two and a half months. Hugo Allenfeld played uh, one game in the course of his career, and I don't think Matt Tompkins uh, has played at all uh, Jeez. in the uh, in the National Hockey League. Ohio State guy yeah, and uh, played in uh, Faryastet last year and was part of uh, Canada at the World Championships and the Olympic Games as a, as a third guy. So he's, he's, he's a goalie. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying he's, he's not any good but that is with that roster big just with that roster yeah going with those guys it doesn't strike me as the the two don't mix no it it doesn't because you you have a roster that has been there before they know how good they are they don't want to be undone by something if you feel like you can get upgraded either on the waiver wire or via a trade, or go out and find a free agent that's that's done it before. You brought up Yaroslav Halak. That makes too much sense to me. Um, I, I'm shocked, legitimately. Yeah, that's right up there with, I'll be keeping an eye on it, and yes. the Los Angeles Kings goaltending situation. They're they're going uh-huh. with an NHL low in, in salary in the goaltending position, mm-hmm. and their combined goalies make less than Aiden Hill does. Wow, what they're doing this year. Uh, so that will be interesting to see if it works out. Uh, but I got a whole lot more confidence in uh, Cam Talbot yep. and Phoenix Copley yep. than I do with uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning being able to carry that in a very tough conference and a very competitive division with more teams uh, coming. You've got time. There's, there's, there's guys available. And if you're going to get a Yaroslav Lack, you got to get him at a million dollars less. He's got to right. agree to, to, to do that. Which, to me, like, if that's the direction you're looking at, and I don't think that 
you know, I'm, I'm not sure if that's Julian Breezeball, but like you don't want to show all your cards there, no. right? Like you you want to try to negotiate. That might be a negotiation exactly in the media, and and that's that's what I'm hopeful for because the level of goaltending that you get from Andre Vasilevsky on a night to night basis, yeah. At, at, at times, Tampa relies on that. It's going to lose you games if you don't have somebody that can that can do the job consistently, reliably at the NHL level. A couple of signings with the Minnesota Wild. Nobody's talking about the Wild. No, not at all. You should be talking about the Wild. I, I think, think so. I, I think I, they can compete for a division title there. Yeah, I mean, they're they're in my estimation, they're they're a legit playoff team for sure. You've got Matt Zuccarello signing a two-year deal. $8.25 million contract with the Minnesota Wild. So the cap hit is $4 million. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's a hometown yeah. discount. No, it's good. Yeah. That's good. a pretty good uh, deal for Bill Guerin and, and company. Good good player, good speed, and fits in really well there. His AAV this year mm. is $6 million. So they'll, they'll chop off a little bit on, right. on the salary cap going next year. Now he's older. Yeah. Uh, coming off a five-year uh, deal, but... He admitted that's where he wanted to be. Well, you, you get a good situation, and it's hard to argue that it's not a good situation for him in Minnesota. You, you, you want to be there for as long as you can. You believe in it. Good for him. He'll be 37 when the two-year contract kicks in. Yeah. Yeah. How many 37-year-olds walking around as professional athletes making $4 million plus a year? Not many. That's a that's a win win for both of them. Yeah, for uh, sure. I like that. And uh, we had Marcus Foligno. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Uh, Nick Foligno was all over the uh, telecast last night with the Chicago Blackhawks, and yeah. he's mentoring guys uh, all over the place. But his brother uh, signed a four year contract with the Minnesota Wild. I think that's a huge done for Billy Garrett. Yeah, he needed to get uh, that deal in the books, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a, that's a big done. I love Marcus Foligno. Um, I, I love the way that he plays the game. It's just it's rugged. It's in your face. Um, it, it's it's great for him, and it's great for the uh, for the Wild organization. He gets a slight bump uh, to four million dollars a year for his AAV. Yeah. Again, one of the older guys, uh, and they are not young in the tooth. That team, <laughs> uh, but they they're older. Foligno can still play. He's mm-hmm. he's still present. He's he's as tough as they come. Yep. The, the old Bob Probert, where you can be effective on the ice and effective with your actions as a intimidation factor. Yeah. Marcus Foligno is right. That's why Nick Hag, when he fought him a couple yeah. of years ago, was so so impressive. You're going down the, the road with that guy? I don't want to want to do that. Uh, so there's a four-year extension. Billy Guerin taking care of some business prior to the start of training camp. And uh, one other note for you. Uh, uh Jake Gensel practiced with the Penguins for the first time since uh, his surgery, and he'll travel. They've got a big game in Halifax coming up. Yeah. Sidney Crosby's hometown, and all the big boys are going to play in that one. He's going to make sure of that. Uh, uh, Jake's not going to play in that, but he, he traveled uh, with the team since uh, uh, he's had uh, right ankle surgery. So this is a big step for uh, Jake being in the line, or getting closer to being in the lineup. Yeah, and for the Pittsburgh Penguins, I, I, you need Jake Gensel back in, in the fold and, and healthy because – He's he's really um, a, a fantastic player for that team. You know the chemistry that he's been able to build with with Sidney Crosby, and you know to me, I I look at this as a Penguins team that that's really trying to go all in to do something in that final three year window with Evgeny Malkin, and you know Sid's kind of kind of coming to to the end of his career, and, and that's a sad sad moment. But 
I, I think for the Pittsburgh Penguins, they're trying to, to make one more push here with the, with that core, and um, Jake Gensel's a big piece of that. Spencer Martin was claimed off waivers by the Columbus Blue Jackets, the goaltender from the Vancouver Canucks. So they clean up a, a little bit of depth, the Vancouver Canucks do, because mm-hmm. they had Casey Smith in there. Uh, so that uh, is uh, interesting because it gives Columbus a little bit more depth. Now, Martin has some growing to do in his game, but he was up in the National Hockey League for the full year last year. Uh, those are news and notes from around the National Hockey League, courtesy of Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Catching up with Chapman's next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So what was the name of that team that you said uh, Matt Tompkins played for last year? Wasn't it far you said? You know, believe it or not, I've actually seen them play. I was in Stockholm and decided to go check out a game at the old Globe. So you knew the name. Yes. You yes. just wanted me to ask you so you could be impressive. Yes, so I yeah. can so I could okay. I'm I'm a big deal, but uh, why don't you why, why don't we set this up off the air so I can do it a, a little bit more casually. So it's not as obvious. Well, I mean I I, I don't know. I like to throw curveballs at you, so <laughs> Um, yeah, I actually, I was in Stockholm, and I got to go check out a game at the old, um, I think it's called the Ho- Hovel Arena, built in the 50s, and it was cool, and um, I got to sit next to a um, Swedish guy who covers the NHL for NHL Sweden. Um, you don't remember his name, though? No, 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 Uffe Bodin. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you sat in the press box? Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. You, hold on, hold on. Yes. We just stumbled on something, and now, now you're not going to be happy. Why's that? You went to Sweden. Yes. On vacation. Yes. And acquired a press pass to go watch the hockey game and sat in the press box even though you were not working media? No, believe it or not, I actually did an interview after the game. For who? For the VGK Insider Show. Because at the time, Jason Garrison, who was one of the original draft picks of the Golden Knights in the expansion draft yeah, was, I was playing there. for your gardens in the Swedish your garden. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to uh, talk to him after the game. So I, I talked to him for, you know, I interviewed it and I sent it to uh, whoever was running the board that day. I don't remember who it was and they played it on the air. No, I know whoever it was, wasn't doing near as job as you. So, okay. <laughs> that, that, that's better. I, I'm, I'm comforted by the fact that you weren't just freeloading to get into a game to to be able to uh, cover the game somewhat respectfully. Yeah, no, I, w- I would have paid for a ticket because it's it wasn't super expensive, but it was a really cool experience because the game itself was a bit like a soccer game yep. in that there was singing and chanting the entire time, and I asked Ufe what, what the fans were saying to the Fargestad fans, and apparently it was not... Pleasant. They were basically calling them farmers, which is an insult. Because what's 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 wrong well, with that? I love my farmers. I'm I, from a we, farming background. I, I, how, I, how do you manage to step in this stuff? Because like, that like, that just, is it's listen, such a like, natural ability in, in, that you just face plant into a pile listen, of turd. I, I grew up in the Garden State. I, I I love farmers too, but apparently it's an insult in Sweden. And and you know we I, I've seen the term thrown around for like. Lower soccer leagues in, in Europe where they call like a farmer's league, basically implying that 
they're not professionals. The farm team. Yeah, so it's it farm for, you know, bigger clubs. So, yeah, it, it was a really cool experience. But got to see Alexander Holtz, who was a very high draft pick of the New Jersey Devils. He made his debut that day. So uh, played like three shifts, so not a lot, but still kind of cool. And uh, there was a kid who was playing for Winnipeg last year, Axel. I can't remember his whole last name. But he was playing that day as well. So kind of two a cool axles that you got to remember. Yes, Axel, the uh, musician. Okay, right? and Axel Foley. That's yeah. I was going to go Beverly Axel Hills Foley. Cop. Yes. Yeah. Those those, those are the only two. Uh, Mitch Elliott, uh, Darren Elliott's son, plays professional in Germany now. Said the same thing about the uh, cheering and the chanting and the singing, and it's uh, so uh, just reminiscent uh, and identical to. Uh, the top soccer leagues and uh, how they, they play it. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, we'll see you down at the rink tonight. Uh, try and be nicer to Ashley if you see her. Yeah, I... I, I you breezed I, by her the other oh, night. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I heard about it at the office yeah, yesterday. Sometimes, was, sometimes I got to, you know, let people know I'm a big deal, so... No, 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 you're not. And uh, she was hurt by it, uh, the way you treated her. Uh, we've got uh, Ryan Wallace next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.